your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show podcast presented by TheSwaveReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.J. Smooth. We are back day two, as promised yesterday. I appreciate those who checked out the uh, second one-on-one with quarterback Stephon Brown. But we are back today with uh, one of the people responsible for blocking for one uh, uh, quarterback Stephon Brown, and there's someone I was really looking forward to talking to because again, we know the offensive line struggles last year, so I, I, it was important to me that we get a, at least one on, if not a couple. So uh, without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and bring on my guest now. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma center lane grantham lane thank you for taking time this afternoon to come on and talk to me uh could you start by telling the viewers and listeners out there a little bit about yourself yeah um so like you said my name is lane grantham uh going into my crazy to say but fourth year here at a uco uh i'm from moore oklahoma went to westmore high school um yeah that's that's me pretty much uh, and at, at Westmore, you you had a good senior senior season, all state, all district, all conference. Now you also played defensive tackle. Now I, I gotta ask if I asked Dante this because he was a linebacker and a receiver. Which position do you like more? Do you like tackling people or blocking for people? Man, I, I love putting people on their backs. Man, <laughs> I'm I'm O line through and through. You know, but my uh, my senior year. Uh, coach asked me to play both ways, and you know, I said, you know, whatever helps us win football games, you know, I'm all for it. So, but yeah, I'm all I'm all lying through and through, baby. Now, you you mentioned you're you're from Westmore. You have two you have two teammates, uh, Jace Garner and Dylan Buckheim from Moore. So when yep. more war happens, is there trash talk? Oof, man, <laughs> there will always be trash talk, and you know the funny thing is. Me and uh, me and Buckeye grew up together. So we grew up from I met him when I was in like the fourth grade. And uh, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I was uh, I transferred to Westmore my freshman year. I was supposed to go to more high school, um, but I transferred to Westmore. And man, you know, I, we're all buddy, buddy. But, you know, that week it gets a little back and forth. But, you know, more broke the streak last year. It was like 23 years in a row that Westmore had won. And, uh, Man, you would have thought they won the dang Super Bowl. <laughs> Woo. But, you know, I got a lot of love for those guys. Uh, had a lot of fun playing against them, uh, Jace and Dylan. Uh, but I'm glad they're on my side of the you know, ball, my, my team now. And uh, they're just great dudes all around. 
and so like does the so whoever whoever wins that is the trash talk is that like a year round thing at that point until the next matchup or does it die down? Uh, yeah, you know, man, it dies down. It really does because, uh, like I said, when I played uh, against Jason Dillon, like it was routine. Like it was more war. It's the biggest rivalry, but like I said, we'd won for twenty plus years. So you know that that weekly nup is crazy it's it like looking back now it's still one of the craziest weeks of football like leading up to anything that i've ever had you know it's just like that that atmosphere and stuff like that it's insane but no like it it dies down but you know i i make sure to get my jabs in here and there when i can <laughs> That's great. uh now uh, uh coming out of high school now you you had some d1 fbs offers so when you was making your college decision, what about UCO uh, made you decide that that's where you wanted to play your college football? Yeah. So uh, like you said, I had, um, I got like five or six uh, division one offers. Um, you know, they just really weren't right for me. Um, you know, but the one thing about UCO that I really loved was, you know, even when coach Bobek and coach Pickett was who was uh, the recruiting coordinator at the time, when they called me, they were like, you know, we know the type of player you are. We, we understand your situation. Like we understand like with a bunch of division one offers, like we're not going to be in the you know top of the line, but we want you to know, like, we really want you. And, you know, if anything happens, you know, we're here in your corner. And, you know, I really loved it because, um, you know, going through that recruiting process, you're hounded every week. You know, it's different coaches from different schools calling you, uh, blowing you up. When are you going to come visit or this, that, and the other. And it gets kind of frustrating, but, you know, they always popped in at the right time. They didn't blow me up. They didn't, you know, try too hard. They, it seems like, like I said, they called always at the right time. And when I took my visit here, um, you know, I'd already trained with a couple of the O-linemen uh, previously. But it just felt right. You know, it just felt like this is where I needed to be. And this is where I had a good chance to become, you know, the best player I could be. And, you know, it, never, it, you, it doesn't get much better than I live 40 minutes from home. Um, you know, my parents can come watch me, my grandparents, my family. So, you know, it was just really, you know, it was more the other schools weren't as good of a fit as UCO was. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, the recruiters and, and coaches blowing up your phone. So for, for those out there that, that may not have been highly recruited, may not have been recruited at all, uh, what like what what was that experience like? Because you mentioned it gets tiring after after a while. But like what, look looking look, look looking back, how would you kind of summarize that whole experience for you? You know, like you said, you know, not everyone gets the opportunity, and I'm very thankful that I was able to have the opportunity to be recruited by multiple schools. Um, but, you know, everyone, everyone going into high school ball, you know, you grow up and you're like, I want to play for the high school team. You get to high school and you're like, okay, I'm playing here. I, you know, I want, I want to get recognized at the next level. I want to go play big time. And it's very stressful before because you think like, okay, when this happens, when I get my shot, when coaches start coming, like it's all going to be fun and games and all that. And it is for, you know, couple weeks, a month maybe, but then, you know, depending on how highly recruited you are, it can just get crazy. And you're almost just like, 
it was easier when I wasn't getting recruited. <laughs> but, you know, I was very thankful for my opportunities uh, that I was given. And, you know, it was a very, very tough decision because my deal was wherever I go, I'm a team guy. So, like, I'm not going to go somewhere and feel it out and then, like, okay, maybe transfer. I mean, the transfer portal wasn't even a thing back then, but it wasn't like I was like, you know, wherever I go, I'm sticking it out. Like, you know, that's where I'm going to be and make my footprint. So, you know, it's it's a stressful situation, but it's also, you know, it, it makes you appreciate what you have and, you know, the opportunities you're given. Now, you just mentioned you were determined to wherever you decided to sign where you were going to stay. So why why was that so important to you at a, at a time where guys kind of, you know, transfer? It seems like, you know, any the, the wind blows bad one day, they're gone. So, like, what, why, why were you so, I guess, dead set on, on sticking it out? Um. You know, since I was in high school, um, you know, even before high school, I've had, I feel like I've had a pretty good, um, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I feel like my leadership skills have been very like exceptional, very good. And, you know, I wanted to go someplace where, you know, people could look at me and I wanted to be a guy where it's like, okay, when I leave, they talk about me for years to come. You know, I want to set an example. I want to set a standard that it's like, you know, this guy, he did everything we asked. He, you know, took care of his business on the field in the classroom. And he was just, you know, off the field. He was a great guy. You know, he helped others and things like that. So that's why I wanted to stay somewhere because, you know, it, it's hard to go multiple places and leave a footprint. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not as, uh, I, I guess easy you could say as, you know, going to play at one school for four or five years. And, you know, I just had no desire anyways, because I, I remember how strenuous the recruiting process was anyways. And it was like, well, shoot, I don't want to go through that again. You know, like that, that just didn't seem like me and it, and it wasn't me because, you know, I was thinking about going Juco um, before UCO and, you know, my high school head coach, he told me, you know, if you go JUCO, the hardest thing that you're going to deal with is that in JUCO, everyone's trying to get theirs. Everyone's trying to move on to the next level, and it's not as team oriented. And that's where, for me, that's the biggest thing for me. Uh, and and so you 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 get to campus in 2019. You play in nine games as a true freshman. Now, what? Because a lot of guys have to register, and adjust. You came mm. in, played early. So what what kind of do you? credit towards you being able to to make an early impact um you know starting from you know we'll start from my parents you know they you know my dad my mother they you know instilled a really good work ethic in me and made me you know work for what i wanted so you know when i came here i was really determined to play early um you know my high school head coach lorenzo williams he, you know, he came in my sophomore year of high school and he changed the whole game for me. Um, I would not be where I am today without him. He changed, you know, how I prepare for games, practices, film study, you know, the whole nine yards, you know, whatever you can name, he taught me. And then also uh, one of my mentors, J.R. Conrad, um, he runs a uh, offensive line training group, I guess you call it. Um, and it's basically, you know, kids from around Oklahoma. He does it for free. 
and he's trained some of the biggest names to come out of Oklahoma. He's trained Creed Humphrey. He's trained Owen Condon, uh, Hunter Anthony, uh, Daxton Byers, who's at North Texas. Like, you know, if anybody who is somebody, he's had a, you know, hand on them, guiding them through it. So I really credit those people. And then uh, that senior group, you know, I came in here and I picked up the playbook really fast. And uh, guys like Tyler Stillwell, Jacob Blair, Nick George, um, you know, they really helped me along. And, you know, I asked a lot of questions, but that was because I cared and I wanted to be able to help the team in any way I could. So that's kind of what I credit to being able to get on the field so quickly. And you mentioned your, your, your high school coach, uh, Coach Lorenzo Williams, helped you out in a lot of areas. Like in, 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 in what – in what in what regard would you say was was probably the the most important thing uh, that he that he taught you? You know, he told me that when he got here, he told me that I had the opportunity to do something really special and to not only help the team do something that we'd never done before, but be able to go play past this. So I'll never forget it. Um, Sophomore year was my first year of varsity, and uh, we played, let's see, we played Moore, Southmore, and then I think we went up to Bigsby, and that was the year Bigsby was, I mean, obviously they're a powerhouse now, but back then, still a powerhouse. So we went up there, and, um, you know, one of the worst games that I can remember myself playing in high school was against them. Uh, And he talked to me after, and he said, you know, walk me through kind of your preparation for game week. Right. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll go to practice. You know, our coaches will show us some film on them. I'll go home, you know, rest, recover. And that was it. You know, I didn't watch any film on my own at home. And he told me that if um, I could really dive into the film and understand and look for these like nuances in the game, that it would help me tremendously. So I remember him sitting me down in his office and telling me like, okay, this is what I would look at this, that, and the other. Um, and from then on, like it's been in my, it's been in my blood, you know, every, every year after that, every game after that, I approach it the same way. And it was really the film study was the big thing that he, you know, like brought to my attention and it's helped me so much at this level now. And he also mentioned learning under Tyler Stillwell and Jacob Blair. What, what, what would you say is probably the biggest uh, lesson that you learned from, from those two guys? Shoot. You know, they taught me a lot of lessons. You know, I learned, learned the hard way and the easy way. Um, but you know, they, I mean, Tyler was a really good upperclassman to look up to. So was Jacob. And the biggest thing from them was just kind of like the work ethic and the standard. Um, you know, as a freshman, when I got here, um, coach Smelser was the, uh, strength coach at the time. And he threw me to the Wolves. I was working out with Tyler Stillwell and Nick George and Ben Ralston, who were all four or five-year guys at UCO. And I'm in there, like, you know, pushing, like, every day is, like, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of here uh, <laughs> kind of day. But, you know, I, I'm so thankful for that because, you know, those guys didn't let me slack off or go below what they knew I could do just because I was a freshman. You know, they held me to a standard of work ethic and you know pride and things like that so you know really the work ethic was the big thing was you know just approaching every day one day at a time and you know uh focusing on the task at hand uh and then during the the, the, the 20 uh 
19 season. Now, I want to take you to the Missouri Southern game. That was a game. Uh, Chandler Garrett set the score rushing record for yards by a quarterback. Uh, you were limited in the pass game. But I, I, what I found impressive was you all as a unit, despite Missouri Southern knowing it was going to be a run, they couldn't stop it. So what mm-hmm. what was what was working for you all uh, in that in that game? Shoot. So that was actually one of the games I missed uh, that uh, in that two game span. But I remember that that whole week um, it was it was a pride deal. You know, we had we had talked about it as a unit and we had been really successful running the ball. And, you know, we had went into Moso with the mindset of um, we're just going to run over them. You know, we're just going to take it one play at a time and really just instill our will. So from, you know, Sunday after the previous week, all the way to game day, we just had that kind of chip on our shoulder. And it was awesome to see, like, like I said, I wasn't on the field, but just watching the kind of attitude and the kind of, you know, chip on the shoulder that everyone played with. It was, it was awesome. It was one of the best performances I've seen, you know, ever. And I was, even though I didn't get to play in it, it was still incredible to watch from the sideline and just, you know, being on the bench and hearing them talk and like, you know, making that decision that we're not stopping. Like this is, we're, we're, we're rolling. So let's just keep it going. Oh, and then the Northeastern state game, you guys scored 82 points. Now Peyton told me that uh, the the halftime (laughs) was not too pretty. (laughs) Now, now, you know, when you go at the locker room, you're up, I think you guys were up like 49 or 14. Now I have to ask, when you walked in there, were you expecting the 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 halftime experience that you all got. No. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. And you know, when we got in there, and that but that's the thing, you know, even, you know, Coach Bobek always said that um, you know, no matter how good you think it's going, it's not going that good. But on the flip side, no matter how bad you think it's going, it's not that bad. And that just happened to be one of those days. You know, we thought <laughs> We thought we were on top of the mountain, ready to go, and we were sadly mistaken. <laughs> now, now, scoring 82 points, now, I'm sure that's probably the most uh, the team you've been on has scored. So, yeah. you know, when you – like, what, what is that kind of sense of pride, you know, no, knowing you all were able to put up that many points against a, a rival? It was awesome. You know, like, uh, that was my first uh, President's Cup. So, you know, um, going into that game, like, that whole week, it was built up. We had the cup in the middle of the field during warm-ups. Like, Coach Smelser was carrying the cup around. And it really, you know, that whole week, like, I'd obviously known it was a big game, but – excuse me. Um, I had known it was a big game, but um, going in there and scoring 82 was insane. Like, it's – it was just one of those deals where it's like you're coming off and everyone's having a good time. Like, you know, there's obviously still football to be played, but at that point when you're up 50, 60, 70, you know, it's, it's a really cool feeling. And for that to be my first president's cup was, you know, that's at the standard. So, you know, when we came and played them at their place last year, um, you know, I reminded them cause you know, some of the, you know, most of those guys weren't even there for that. So, I reminded them, like, you know, we we hung 82 on them. Like, we need to hang 82 on them every single year. And that's the approach that we took. And if I recall correctly, I th- one of their defensive linemen, I think, planted their flag 
not at midfield, but like on their side of the 50. That mm-hmm. did, did did that just add extra motivation to you all watching them try to claim their territory? Man, let me tell you about that. So <laughs> we saw we saw that happen, but we are uh I don't know, it's probably about two or three hours before kickoff. And we get, you know, we're on some some of the one of the guys is on Snapchat and he sees one of the guys in the middle of our field, they had, he had posted on like the Edmund geo tag or something. And he even videoed himself like stomping and like, like, you know, trying to tear up the turf or whatever. And it was like, uh, I don't know if you remember that video of, I think it was Devin Bush, the Michigan versus Michigan state when he was at midfield and he was tearing up the Spartan logo. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. And from then on, like we put, we put that on the TV and everyone was just riled, like you know, riled up, ready to go, and that really set the tone for the whole day. Was that, and then adding on the plant the flag, man, you know, they should have expected eighty two. They're lucky they got out with eighty two. Yeah, because I feel like there was a because I, I know there was that that pick in the red zone for the half could have been a double touchdown. I feel like there, there could have been at least ninety some odd points scored in that ball game. This was crazy. <laughs> I'm sitting there yeah. and I'm like. Bro, what got into these guys? Like, I know we're a far superior team, but like, man, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was uh, that was rivalry, so rivalry, rivalry week will always, it's always a different week, no matter which way you spin it. You know, it's that's the only other, you know, in state opponent we have uh, in our league. So it's like, you know, and it's also a big state, uh, big statement for like recruits. Like, you know, we can, we always bring that up and we always talk about that. It's like, well, you know, we understand this, but 82 points speaks for itself. Uh, and then uh, 2020 happens. There is no season for you all. So let's talk about what that experience was like. I imagine not playing football for the first time in a, in a, in a long time. Uh, also at the same time, while other schools, not only D1, but like Pitt State, those other they, they they played exhibition games. So like what mm-hmm. what was that experience like and what was the biggest, I guess, lesson that you learned during your time away from the football field? Yeah, so you know, starting when Coach Bobek, you know, texted the team, I re- I remember it like it was yesterday. I was on the golf course, um, and I was just playing around with my buddies and we get an arms text that, you know, it's not looking like we're gonna have a season, like leaning heavily towards, uh, you know, the conference, you know, post like, you know, not having a season. And I was like, you know, uh, I was like, eh, maybe like, I still don't believe it. Cause you want to obviously see the brighter side and things. And I remember it was maybe a few days after that, like, you know, the, the league came out with the official statement that we weren't going to play. And everyone was just like, so like, cause like you said, like this had never happened. So we're like, okay, so what does this mean for us in the fall? And uh, we reported early August, and Coach Bobek sat us in the stands, you know, six feet apart. He was down at the bottom with a megaphone yelling at us. And, you know, he had explained some of the things that we had planned on doing, but we didn't end up getting to. And it really, you know, it really just made you appreciate what you have. and. You know, it like it's crazy to say that something as you know routine as college football could be taken away from you within you know a few short months. You know, we went from we didn't even have a spring 
So I remember us working out in the spring, getting ready to head into spring ball, getting the text that, okay, like spring break's going to be extended a couple weeks and then getting the next text, like we're going virtual the whole rest of the semester, like getting kicked out of the dorms, like that whole thing was crazy, but it really just made me appreciate, um, appreciate what you have and of playing the game of football, because, you know, like I said, just like that, it can be taken. And, you know, the, it was crazy because we still approached it like we were playing someone on Saturdays. You know, we practiced every day. I don't know if anyone knows that, but we practiced every day, lifted every morning. We practiced Monday through Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, we had off. So it was really just frustrating because it's like, you know, we're still putting in this work, but we don't even have a chance or there's nothing even that we know is going to come up. So, you know, it was frustrating. And for me personally, that's when uh, I got hurt during the fall. So I tore my labrum in my hip and I sat out and, you know, I was going off of, you know, I got hurt in 2019. I had some back issues and then I come back from that and then come back 2020, tear the labrum in the hip. And for me, just personally, it was just super challenging to get out of the headspace of like, you know, why can't I stay healthy? Like, what am I doing wrong? And things like that. But when that happened, I attacked rehab and all that as hard as I could and knock on wood we're good now so you know just to sum it up it was just frustrating so uh, what now what what was the what was the rehab process like for you with the with with the labrum and how were you kind of able to uh stay in a in a good mental state during that time yeah so they you know I sat out and it took them about three weeks to a month to figure out kind of what was going on and what had happened. And I finally got a, uh, MRI and it showed that I had torn it. And, uh, they said, well, you can get surgery, but the thing with surgery is it's not a hundred percent that it'll fix the problem. Like it could re tear something else could happen, or it may just not feel the same. So when they told me I could have hip surgery at 20 years old, I was like, nah, it's like, I'm not doing that. Um, I'll take the rehab. I'll do it as long as I need to, you know, whatever I need to do to get back on the field, sign me up. So, um, four days a week, two hours going while they were at practice, I was doing rehab, uh, off campus somewhere. And then when we went home for break, I transferred to, uh, a spot in Norman. We had that COVID break was like two months or something. I remember that. So. I remember uh, same thing, four days a week, about two hours, just, you know, strengthening everything around so that way I could actually work with the hip. And, you know, thankfully and luckily, when I came back out of that, it's been a routine for me now. Like, there's so much stuff that I have to do prior to, like, lifting, running, playing a game of, like, preparing just my body that I was never doing and which is what I think led to that. So. You know, it was it was tough in the beginning with the mental state because, um, like I said, it was like, dang, like I hurt my back in in the in the winter, and you know, I get past that, I come back, this thing with the hip, and it was just, it was frustrating. But luckily, I had a good support group around me. You know, uh, guys on the team, uh, my family back home, like I had a really good support system to lean on. So it, it started out a little rough, but. I just got to the point where it was like, I made up my mind that like, this isn't going to be something that defines me or, you know, makes me 
you know, sit out or I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm just going to attack it every day and trust what the trainers and the physical therapists are telling me to do and do anything possible to get back on the field. And, and, and when you first got back, cause I know that, that, that first contact, that first hit, I know sometimes for guys coming off injury is, is kind of nerve wracking. So for you, what, what was it like when you when you finally got back out there in in, in pads and, and made hit people and stuff? Oh man, it was like you said. You know, you go out there because no matter how much rehab you've done, and you may have been cleared for months. Because that's how I was at the time. I came back, I was cleared to you know participate in lifts and runs and things like that, um, and I felt good during all that. Like you said, you know, when you strap it up, it's different. And you know, I remember that first day. Um, of, you know, actual contact, you know, I was, you're a little bit hesitant, you know, you're kind of babying it, but I was, you know, thinking, you know, okay, well, I didn't spend all this time just to come out here and lollygag or like, you know, not go a hundred percent. I was like, so we're going to do what we can. And if it hurts, you know, I've got a, like we said, we got a good athletic training program here. Coaches understand. So you know, I just went after it and, you know, I, I felt great. I felt almost better than before because like I said, it was, it got me into a point of preparing before practices, uh, games, weightlifting, running, you know, I had to do stretch. I had to get limber before I go out there and compete at the level I wanted to. So it was awesome. You know, I, that first day of practice, I felt great. And, you know, also the coaches took care of me. They understood my situation and, they limited me, you know, they started me out slow and, you know, as we got through the spring, got more and more reps. And then even when we played uh, SNU, like when we did the scrimmage against them, I was on a rep count and, you know, no matter how much I wanted to keep playing, I understood that it was for the, you know, my better need. So that was, that was how that all went down. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm almost happy it happened. It changed my whole approach to, you know, uh, preparing better for whatever I got to do. Uh, and you mentioned a certain Nazarene scrimmage. I know uh, t- talking to Peyton, he made it sound like even though it didn't technically count for anything, uh, you all were determined to win that on account of you, you rarely get to play in-state opponents. So that meant something to you. So like going into that, that, that week and that, in that game, what was the, what was the, 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 the mindset of the, of the team? Man, you know, Coach Coach Bobek and, you know, the all the other coaches did a great job of <clears throat> getting us to understand that, you know, this is an opportunity that you don't always get. You know, like you never in the spring, you never scrimmage other people. You never you only go against your team. And like you said, another in-state, you know, um, opponent that we don't see and getting able to play them was amazing. And Coach Bobek had, you know, he was always good with getting us, you know, mentally, you know, ready for stuff like that. And I remember the week up to it, you know, he kept saying like, it'd been, you know, X amount of days since we'd played a football game. And, you know, that just really, just the fact that we were able to play a game again and, uh, you know, get after it, that was all we needed. You know, we, you know, we had the, you know, the, the hype, the hype guys, all that stuff, but it was really just the, the feeling of normalcy again was just so, you know, refreshing and exciting. Like, okay, we're, we're finally getting back into what we know. And, uh, and like you said, like we all had the approach out there. It was like, this is, we're treating it like a game. We're treating it like if this was, 
you know, any, any week in the fall. So, you know, we got in there and, uh, we got in there and we, we hit, hit the ground running and, you know, that was kind of our first glimpse of Steph, um, and, uh, what he can do. And from right then and there, you know, even though he had, you know, gotten there in the, in the winter and, you know, hadn't been fully acclimated with the playbook, that dude is a winner and winning is in his blood. And I remember just sitting on the sideline, watching him and listening to him take control of the huddle and the team and, you know, just the way he, he carries himself. And I was like, I can play behind that any day of the week. Uh, and so you all, you took that momentum into the season opener, Missouri Western, come out, you won a tight contest. Just what, what was that, what was that feeling? Because it was, it was a great environment, but like, what, what was that feeling when you went out there and played a, a meaningful game, won the game? What, what was that feeling like for you? Oh man, it was awesome. Um, you know, we had, it wasn't looking great for us, you know, leading up to it. We had got, had like six or seven meaningful players, uh, that were, you know, that we relied on, uh, come down with COVID and, you know, it's hard to keep a positive deal when it's that amount of people. And, uh, you know, when we heard about it, we were, you know, we were like, okay, this is what we're with. Like we still, we still have faith in the guys that are going to step up and they all did. And coming out with the win after all that we'd been through the week before and all the the protocol stuff we had to go through and all that stuff, it almost, it almost felt surreal, you know, like, you know, that, that was one of the most fun games I've ever played in, in terms of just like, you know, appreciating, uh, just appreciating the guys around you. And it really, you know, spoke volumes to the guys on the team. It was like, you know, if it is to be, it's up to me. Um, you know, the guys that came in and filled roles that they weren't expected to fill, it was just awesome. And it was, it was a super fun environment and just a fun way to start off a season. Uh, and then the, the, the rest of the season, from an offensive line standpoint, it, it, it seemed like the, from a consistency standpoint, it, it, it wasn't there. Like I, I look at the Missouri Western game, I look at the Fort Hayes. Um, I also look at the the, set, the fourth quarter of that Pitt State game. Uh, most of the hit the Missouri game, and I'm like, this is the offensive line that you know I, I've become accustomed to watching. And look at some other games, uh, Northwest, Kearney, Wasburn, and it just wasn't there. So, like looking back now, like what 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 kind of was the um, I don't say like was the was the the issue, but what was the biggest thing, I guess, in your opinion, as to maybe why it was tough for you all to kind of gain that consistency? Um, yeah, no, I think part of it, like you kind of touched on, was just confidence. You know, we'd go into a week with a good game plan and um, we'd go out there. And like you said, there were certain games where we really executed well and we'd come back and i think sometimes we thought we were where we needed to be and we weren't um and it showed the next week and i think also some of it was preparation um i i think some weeks we were uh we took some opponents for granted like you look against like uh, missouri southern um that's a great example of one um so I, I guess complacency is the word i would say um you know we weren't necessarily 
you know, not executing. It was just more like, okay, we kind of thought we were where we needed to be. And this is where, you know, this is where we should be. And it wasn't having like a growth mindset of like, okay, we had a good week last week, but we can grow and expand on that and add on to it each week. So I would say probably complacency was the the main uh, thing I would contribute to the kind of inconsistency of our group. Uh, and the, the most impressive performance, at least to me, watching for four full quarters, it was the Fort Hayes game. And Fort Hayes, yeah, that, that's a big physical football team. So, mm-hmm. like, what, I mean, what, like, how are you all able to have that degree of success against them? God, man, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, we played them at their place and it almost, it almost felt like we, we felt, like backs against the wall almost like we get there and that was one of the rowdiest student sections I've ever seen in my entire life uh, and played against. They all know our names. They all know where we're from. They did their, they did their research on if you got a girlfriend, if you got a sister, Oh man, it was just all of that. And it really fed, it really fed us, you know, like we took what they were giving us and we went out there and we just played with our hair on fire. Um, you know, we, we were really physical. We ran a lot of power counter, uh, things like that really just smash mouth football. And it's really, you know, that kind of, that kind of, uh, style of play was what we loved. And I felt like sometimes in other games, we went away from that and which, you know, wasn't necessarily that played in our favor, but I felt like that game, we were just hitting on all cylinders and just having fun. You know, like we come off to the sidelines and you know, I'm talking to Seth or Ike or, you know, any of those guys. I'm like, did you hear what he said to us, blah, 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 like all this. And they're like, dude, I can't believe you said that. Or man, yeah, he's saying that from the ground. Like it was just, it was such a fun environment and a fun game. And then we didn't even know there was a fireworks show afterwards. So we, we beat them on their own home turf and they're giving us a fireworks show. We're all, we're all sitting out there with our pads still on enjoying this 30 minute fireworks show. And it was, it was so much fun. And then we get on the bus and just from, I mean, it was a night game. So it was seven o'clock kickoff. And that means we didn't leave Fort Hayes till probably 11 or so. And we drove all the way through, but you would have, Oh man, it was, it was still one of my favorite memories to this day. Cause we went back in the locker room, the coaches were partying. It was just such a good, a good memory. Uh, now you mentioned that 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 was a night game. I was, you know, in high school, you know, you you, you play a seven champion kickoff, but in college, it, you know, it's afternoon. So, which do you prefer, the the, the night games or or the afternoon game? Man, you can't beat a night game. You cannot beat a night game, and I feel like if you ask anybody, they'll say the same thing. It's just some. It's just the environment. It's a little cooler, um, especially when we you start off in September. Um, but the night games are just – there's just something different about them. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I definitely prefer the night games. But I've grown accustomed to, um, you know, the 1 p.m. kickoffs and stuff like that because my freshman year, you know, obviously coming straight from high school, it was very weird for me to wake up at – you know, we had to be there at 8 o'clock or whatever, and then you eat, and then before you know it, it's 10 o'clock, and, like, guys are starting to get ready and stuff like that. And I was like – we're like in high school, we were just waking up like 10 <laughs> o'clock. Like 
we were we were in third period at ten <laughs> o'clock. So yeah, that's that's definitely night games are always so much fun. Uh, and, and you mentioned that you all in, enjoyed, but the most about the Ford Hayes was the Smash Mouth style. Now transitioning uh, into Coach Coach Doro uh, and his scheme with Coach Lechtenberg and Coach Coach Curley, more of a pro style scheme. So how how do you see that uh, benefiting not only you but the rest of the offensive line? Man, uh, we've loved it, and you know they've they call it the slash and dash. Uh, type of uh type of approach that we have and I think it's really going to benefit us up front because I feel like we have a lot of guys that can contribute in a lot of different ways meaning like they're not their hands aren't tied behind their back because they can't do something these coaches have really done a good job of finding players strengths and putting them in positions to use those strengths not just throwing them out there because like they know this guy can do that or this guy can't do that, so we're going to put him in a different position. And they're just all trying to get ev- all eleven guys on the field to be successful. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be so much fun. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that people are going to see that they're not used to. Um, and we've just had a, we just had a really great time. The spring was a really good spring um, uh, up front in terms of you know gaining confidence because you know I was the only I will be the only returning starter that started all 11 games last year so you know we have Noah Dobson who played uh, I think he started maybe four or five games uh, Cooper McCoy who started uh, a handful of games but other than that uh, Hector Becerra he started a handful of games but other than that like we're pretty young and you know their approach and what they have us doing has helped our young group gain a lot of confidence uh, and you mentioned you're kind of you're now kind of that elder statesman. So you're now in a position of leadership. So for you now being in that in that position, ha, ha, what has that I guess adjustment to that role been like? Has it been smooth? Have there been challenges? Uh, did did it did it come naturally to you? What what has the experience now becoming a leader uh, been been for you? Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Uh, you know, obviously being a freshman, you know, I'm sitting back learning, uh, taking things in. And then, you know, that COVID year, um, still trying to be in guys' ears, lead a little bit, but still wasn't super comfortable. You know, last year I get into a spot where, you know, I'm one of the guys and I'm able to have a little bit of a voice. Um, but this year I've just really dove into it. You know, um, my my high school head coach, Lorenzo Williams, he always used to say, if it is to be, it's up to me. And that's really the approach I've taken. Um, from when Coach Doral got here uh, at the end of the first semester and we started out the spring with him, that's just how it was. And that's how I wanted to be. Um, and, you know, I'm running on, I'll graduate next spring. I have two years of eligibility. And, you know, it's kind of hit me now, like, this is the time. You know, this is the time to step up lead these guys and leave a standard of work because, you know, football will always go on and football will be just fine when it's my time to, to go. And like I said earlier, you know, I want to leave a standard of work ethic and be like a role model in terms of like, Hey man, you know, when there's another guy in two, three years here on the show, they're like, man, Lane Grantham really, you know, showed me the way, showed me how it was to work every day and things like that. And, you know, I really just, like I said, dove into it and I've, I've loved it. I've really found my voice on the team 
And I feel like we've just meshed really well with not only myself, but, you know, all the other guys on the team who are leading. Uh, and Peyton touched on that, that, you know, the, the group of upperclassmen, like like him, you, Johnny Bazell, uh, Marlo, Jason, those guys that have been in, in the program for a while, about how important it has been to you all to kind of, you know, keep in people's mind memories of guys that came before. So your Tyler Stillwells, your, your, um, you know, your, 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 your Noah Hammonds, your O'Shea's, your Jakaris. So like, why is that in, important to you all as a group to make sure that the younger guys understand who those guys were and, and, and why it's so important that they know who they, who they, who they are. Yeah. I think, you know, to answer that question, I think it's really important because you mentioned all those guys and you look up one thing in common. They were all dudes on our team. They all had some sort of accolade to go for that. And, you know, they made an impression on us and that's helped us as players, you know, get to the point where we are, you know, like in terms of us being able to play and things like that. Like, so, you know, leaving an impression on the guys uh, for us leaving an impression now on the guys below us, we know it's only going to help, you know, uh, in the long run. Because, like I said, football is going to go on without me, Peyton, Jason, Marlo, all those guys that have been there, Dylan Buckite. You know, this program is going to go on, but we want to be, you know, a name that's remembered and talked about, you know, forever. Uh, and and during during the spring, you're, you're you're now you've been moved to center. I believe you've been a guard. I feel like you've been at various spots on the offensive line. Now I think it, it, what what has that transition been like for you? And 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 what what kind of do you feel like you need to work on the most uh, heading into fall camp? Yeah. So the funny thing is, I was actually recruited to be a center here. So when I signed here, that was the expectation, and uh, you know, my freshman year, I played both guards. I was kind of the sixth man. Uh, you know, whenever something happened or I needed to go in, I could play either one. Um, uh, but now I'm kind of back in my element, I guess you could say. Um, I felt like last year I had a good year at guard. Um, but like I said, you know, playing out of position my whole career, and now I'm getting back to where I was recruited for and what I played in high school. Um, it just feels amazing. And I think I'm such a good fit there because, you know, center is a spot where you have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to make calls, you know, uh, identify fronts, uh, pick out things that not everyone sees and get everyone on the same page. So I think that really plays into my hand. And uh, in terms of heading to fall camp, um, really just focusing on uh, lower body strength uh, and just uh, conditioning kind of. Um, and just being able to lead on the field because I feel like last year I found myself in a lot of spots like, you know, just needing a, an air tank. And I couldn't – knowing when things were going bad and knowing that I should say something, I wasn't able to because I wasn't in the right shape that I needed to be. So I've trimmed down a little bit, um, and I've really just been focusing on that stuff. And I think as long as I keep up with that and, you know, functional movement and things like that. I'm, you know, excited for what the fall has to come. I mentioned you were center in Westmore. So you, you, you've been a guard. So what, like, what, what was the hardest part of that move from center to guard? Space. 
you know, there's, you know, center, you're surrounded. Um, and it's kind of right on you and it's right now, but, you know, playing guard, there's just a lot of space to work with. Um, and that was difficult. And it was also my biggest problem from when I got here was like, you know, technique is like, you have to learn the technique, but I was just so caught up in like, okay, like I didn't take the right step here. Like, you know, just trying to be so technical instead of just going out and playing. Because like I said, technique is definitely what you need in a game, but at a certain point you got to just play. So I felt like, you know, I wanted to be so, such a technical player that it hurt me sometimes, but uh, yeah, just kind of the space and uh, the speed, I guess. Cause um, you know, the going against three techs who usually are, you know, the best pass rusher uh, on the D line. So it was, it was a lot more competition and, uh, you know, I, I got my butt beat more times than I can count, but, you know, it, it helped me become a better all around football player. And it helped me, you know, each week, like, okay, you know, somebody exposed me in this area. This is what I need to work on this week in practice to make sure it doesn't happen the next week. So, uh, that was kind of the biggest thing was just the space and the kind of the speed. Uh, and you, you, you touched on Steph earlier. Uh, now, as a center, obviously he's one of the quarterbacks in the running to start. Not, so, and that, like, I know that the center and quarterback relationship is is a big one. Uh, so, how has that gone? Not only with Steph, but I guess with, with, with the other quarterbacks. How has has that gone in, in, in that that relationship aspect? Oh man, it's crazy because me and him talk on the daily. I mean, obviously we're working out every day, but we talk to each other like, you know, there's days where he's, he's down. There's days where I'm down and we just come through and we talk about what needs to be done. We'll talk after the lift and the run, like, Hey, like we like this. We didn't like this. It's just been great. And it's been like that with all the quarterbacks. You know, one of my roommates is JD Geneva. Um, and we talk about it all the time. Um, just coming home and it's like, I can't even come home and not talk about football because we come home and he's, we'll be sitting on the couch and watching something and he'll be like, so what'd you think of the lift today or something like that? And I'm like, dude, like, you know, can we just not, but I love, I love all those guys, you know, uh, JD, we got Caleb Allen, uh, we got Cooper, uh, one of the new freshmen, uh, Peyton Thompson, one of the transfers, like I've really made it, uh, priority to not only get close with all the quarterbacks um but really just the whole team you know I'm trying my hardest to you know learn guys names because I feel like that was our biggest disconnect last year was we like didn't mesh well and we weren't um as cohesive as we could have been but it's it's flipped done a complete 360 uh since coach Doyle got here and we're all just excited about it and we can really tell that guys are playing for each other and doing things for each other now, uh, kind of getting out of themselves and into the team. So, um, but with the quarterbacks, man, those are my boys. And uh, you mentioned Coach Dora. I also believe he's the offensive line coach. So, what has that experience been like uh, learning from him? Because talking to Jalik, uh, Coach Dora seems to be a very animated, upbeat guy. So what has that experience been like? Shoot, animated. Jalik is right. Jalik is very right. Um, you know, he is 
so efficient with our time and meetings. You know, sometimes it got hard in the past because we'd be sitting in meetings for hour, hour 15, and it just kind of drags on. But he's very uh, scheduled in what he wants to talk about and for how long he's going to talk about it. So from the moment we get in there to the moment we leave, like it feels like a five-minute meeting because he'll talk about something for five minutes. He'll be like, all right, Coach Tweed, where are we at? Okay, let's move to this. And sometimes he'll just come out with complete curveballs. And he'll like one day he showed us a clip from uh, Peacemaker. He was like, hey, he was like, guys, I was walking on the treadmill today. And I just thought of you guys, you got to watch this. And he showed us this like five minute clip from Peacemaker that we were all just cracking up about. And it's just good to be able to have that um, time to like, you know, goof off, I guess, or mess around or be able to just kind of be open with each other and then be able to switch, flip the switch and be like, all right, it's time to work. It's time to focus. Um, he's just been, he's just been a blast to work with. And I think one of the best things he does is he recognizes that, you know, not every player is the same and he's been really good with, uh, noticing certain players faults and things and giving them like, Hey, maybe try this, like this may work for you and it may not work for someone else, but he's really good with giving us, he calls it our toolbox. He gives us a lot of tools for that toolbox. Uh, in terms of things to use, like in run game, pass game, uh, anything like that. But we've all just loved it. And he's just made a, you know, a real, uh, real mark on like what it's like to have a culture here um, and starting the new culture of him and the whole staff. Uh, And you also changed your jersey number. I believe you used to be 77. I think you're now 54. What went into you deciding to change numbers? I think you were 77 in high, so I could be wrong. So, like, yeah. what went into you deciding to, to, to change your number? You're not going to believe me, but uh, didn't have a choice. But it's not a, uh, it's not, it's not a permanent change. Uh, we got into the spring, and they had jerseys lined out, and I went to go grab 77. And one of our GAs, uh, Logan Tweehouse, he's the O-line GA, He's like, whoa, what are you grabbing? I was like, my number? He's like, no, we have you down as an XL. That's a 2X jersey. So all the jerseys guys are wearing right now are based off of size, not off of actual number. So coming into the fall, I will be wearing 77. (laughs) But, you know, for now, it was literally just a size deal. Um, But it's funny because uh, Alex Eichler, who played center for us last year, uh, he was 54, and he's one of my roommates. And he's uh, he saw the picture – I posted like first day. He's like, man, did you miss me? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you wearing my number, man. I was like, dude, I was like, dude, it's, it's nothing more than a size deal, but yeah, I will be wearing 77 in the fall. That's, that's been my number since high school and I'm going to ride it out. Uh, yeah, I saw that. And I'm just like, now this is weird. Cause he's an upperclassman. So we should have like first dibs on yes. getting the number back. And I'm like, oh, confused now. Okay. Yeah. Do more yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess my final football related question for you would be what, what are your goals for this upcoming season? Oh man. Um, personally, I would, you know, I'm really hoping that, you know, like I said, getting kind of back into my element and into my spot where I feel really comfortable at center. Um, want to be an all-conference player. Um, I would also like to be an All-American this year, um, working my tail off for that. Um, you know, 
ever since freshman year, I want to stay healthy, all 11 games. I want to be able to play all 11 games. Um, but I know that my personal goals won't be met until the team goals become first and the team goals come before any of that. So uh, we actually just talked about goals with Coach Doral yesterday. And uh, I know offensively, we want to be uh, top 15 Division two offense in the country. Uh, we want to have a 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, we want to have four to five explosive plays uh, on the offensive side of the ball each game. Um, and, you know, most importantly, we want to win a conference championship. Uh, we want to have a chance to uh, compete uh, in the postseason since I've been here. We haven't made the postseason, uh, bowl game, playoffs, anything like that. So, you know, that's big on my mind. And uh, even guys like uh, JB, Dante, uh, Buckeye, you know, guys that have been here, like we're trying to get back to that level. So those would be the goals, uh, I would say, for myself and the team. Okay. Uh, well, before I get you out of here, I, I, as you probably know by now, we do this to kind of get to know you questions. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I know that I usually ask your favorite sports team is, and I follow you on Instagram and seeing the flag or the, the emblem behind you. You're an Eagles fan. Now, you are in Dallas Cowboy country in Oklahoma. So yeah. how do you become an Eagles fan? <laughs> Man, that's a funny story. So when I was in uh, – I think it was sixth, seventh grade, maybe. Uh, Lane Johnson played uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. Loved him, loved his style of play. We have the same name. So he was my favorite player. And, you know, he was taken very high in that draft. I think he was taken in the top three of that draft, uh, his draft year. Um, but he got drafted the Eagles. And I was like, you know what? That's my team. So ever since then, I've stuck with them. Uh, I'm not an obnoxious Philly fan. You know, I, I can uh, I can admit when, you know, things aren't going great. But, yeah, you talk about Dallas Cowboy country. Whew. Golly, I got one of my one of my good friends from uh, high school. When I see him, he will he just won't let me ever live it down. Just won't ever let me live it down. And I'm like, dude, it's not that serious. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, beat you up or any of that. Like, I, don't get me wrong. That's my team. but. I'm not as I'm not as crazy as those Cowboys fans. Yeah, but I feel like when they won a Super Bowl, though, you, I'm sure you had to get the trash talk in at at, at that point. Oh, oh, believe me, <laughs> believe me. As soon as soon as we won that game, as soon as we won that game, I went straight to NFL shop. I bought a hoodie, t-shirt, a hat, and I wore that for a, a week straight at school. That's all I wore was the Eagle stuff, and you know. They want to try and sell it short. Oh, this happened, that happened, like all that. And I'm like, man, when was the last time y'all won a Super Bowl? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Every year is your year if you're a Cowboys fan. <laughs> uh, now, okay, now, as an as a Eagles fan, is Jalen Hurts the guy? Jalen Hurts, I, I think I think he is going to find find his himself this season. I think, uh, I think this is definitely the year he breaks out, and I think he has a good chance to get us back to what we are accustomed to, and uh, get us back to winning. And I think uh, up front, we've done a good job in you know the 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 office up front uh, of getting guys around him. But man, I'll, I'll, I'd be lying if I told you past few drafts. 
you know, Howie Roseman is, I haven't been a fan, but uh, this year, this year he had the ballpark, made some great additions and I'm excited for what uh, Jalen Hurts and that whole team's going to do. All right. Sure. Now, you, you, you mentioned the draft. Even as a casual Cowboys fan, someone that doesn't really care about I write about them. I don't necessarily follow them as closely as I normally do. I'm a Steelers fan. You all yeah. had a really good draft. You acquired yeah. A.J. Brown. So mm-hmm. are, are we thinking there's a legitimate chance to win the division this year? Heck, yeah. <laughs> Dang right. <laughs> we got a year. We got a chance every year. Hey, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna lie though. I know the NFC East is is pretty weak. I, I understand, <laughs> but like I said, they got they got they're getting Jalen some weapons, and then you know being able to get uh, Jordan Davis from Georgia, get AJ Brown, um, get Nicobe Dean, who I was really high on that, and he fell that low. Just um, really excited for to see what they do. You know, we've had some good off season additions. We got, uh, I think his name's Bradbury from the giants. He was a corner, um, really just kind of shoring up some spots around there. But, um, I think, you know, we have a good chance any year to win the division. If the cowgirls want to, want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. Well, um, can't argue with that logic. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> your your favorite hobby outside of football? Oh man, favorite hobby. Uh, I love going home in the in the summer. Um, I'm at the lake every weekend. Uh, that's that's my favorite hobby for sure. Is going down there. Um, I got a buddy's got a lake house there. So you know our summer's eight weeks for about six weeks. You know, six weekends in the summer, that's where you'll find me. Um, but when when it cools down and stuff like that, I really just like hanging out with uh, guys on the team or uh, guys back home. Um, really fortunate to have a good uh, senior class uh, when I was in high school. And we're all really close still. Um, and so, you know, we see each other almost every weekend when uh, in the off season and stuff like that. So. You know, just spending time with people I care about and people I enjoy being around, that's my number one deal is just being around them. Okay. Uh, see, so your your favorite musical artist? Oof. Man, I, I listen to anything and everything. And it's crazy because I literally have like, I think I have like eight playlists on my phone of like each uh, like decade. I got 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. <laughs> I got 2000s R&B. I got, I got current stuff. I got the country. But, man, if I had to pick favorite artist, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Don Tolliver. Don Tolliver, he, he's new on the game, but he's been catching some steam. He's one of Travis Scott's co-sign guys. Um, he's probably the most listened to guy uh, in my phone. Okay. Uh, you have a you have a favorite song by him? Oh man. I'm a big fan of uh You off his new album with uh, Travis Scott. He's on that one. Uh uh Video Girl, that's a good one. Uh Cardigan. Man, I could list off list off his whole discography. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that eventually that you that you, you like music from every decade. Now you know Peyton 
for me, he he's more of an old school guy. So yeah. you all have a chop because I feel like you're kind of in the minority deck. I know uh, Coach yeah. McGuire is an R and B guy, but I feel yeah. like the vast majority of the team, you know, is more new age. So do you all kind of like have a kinship there as, as far as that goes? Uh, me and P. Scott are the team, or what? Uh, you and P. Scott. Oh, man. I can't tell you how many times after practice we've sat down in the locker. Like, he'll come to me or I'll come to him. And he'll be like, dude, did you hear Did you hear this guy? I'm like, heck yeah, dude, dude. Like, and we'll talk for like 30 minutes. Everyone will be gone. And we're still just standing there. Like, the Kanye documentary dropped on Netflix. And I kid you not, we probably talked for the, about that for an hour. Like me and him have such like similar kind of like views on music and views on like, you know, modern music and things like that. And he's one of my favorite guys to talk to about that stuff. Cause we're just so similar. It doesn't have to be drill beats. It doesn't have to be crazy up tempo, like everything. Like we can literally talk about anything music related and usually agree. Yeah. Now I asked this so far to everybody because your running back Jace came on. He kind of danced around the question: Are, are you <laughs> in the old Little Wayne camp or the new Little Wayne camp? The old Little Wayne camp or the new Little Wayne camp? I'm in the old Little Wayne camp, man. I'm a, man. That old that old Wayne. Shoot, I, you can't beat it. But he's had some good stuff with his with his with his new stuff. But I mean, you just can't beat like you know, the Carter like stuff like that. You got oh man, let me get me started on Lil Wayne. <laughs> That's good because he tried to he tried to he tried to straddle the fence. He, he, when I asked him that at first, he was adamant it was old Lil Wayne. Then he tried to come back and defend new Lil Wayne, even though nobody asked him to do it. So you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I just I've been told it's gonna be a, a, like a like a a, a power at some point. With everybody that's in the old little Wayne camp and Jace to get him to see the light because uh, apparently there, there, there's been some rift there. But okay, um, yeah. Let's see your your favorite food. Oof, man! I'm an offensive lineman. I'll eat whatever you put in front of me. Um, but favorite, I'll rank them for you. How about that? Okay. We got Mexican. Can't can't be in a solid Mexican restaurant. That's top. Um, after that. Uh, like uh, barbecue or uh, burger place, like something like that. Um, that's probably second. Um, third, Italian. I love pasta. I love stuff like that. And then, uh, fourth, I, I love sushi. I, I love sushi. If I could eat it every day, I probably would. But it make me gain probably about fifteen pounds each day. <laughs> Now, now, are we a we a soft shell or hard shell guy? On the tacos. On the tacos. Either one, it don't matter. Load it up. Hey, put some ground beef, some cheese, some lettuce. You know, surprisingly, being an offensive lineman, I'm a veggie guy, so I, I like the veggies on the stuff. You load anything up, like I said, I'll eat it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Now, uh, do do you do you game at all? You play video games? I do. Um, I do. I've been I've been on a little bit of a sabbatical. Been a little bit away from the video games for the past couple months. But uh, you know, I've got my I got my gaming console right here. Um, big on Fortnite. Uh, 
you know, GTA, uh, Call of Duty. You know, I'm kind of a fair weather Call of Duty fan. Like I'll play it pretty adamantly for the first couple months. And then after that, like I won't touch it like ever again until the next one comes out. Um, but yeah, Fortnite, uh, Fortnite, uh, I've been playing a little bit of Rocket League. I kind of like the campaign stuff. I kind of like the story mode of stuff. So uh, I've been playing the new Spider-Man too. Got back into that. Uh, just just stuff like that, or stuff where I can play with a large um, like group of friends. Because like I can't just sit here and play the play the game for hours on end by myself. Like I I just don't find any enjoyment in that. Now are we, we are Xbox, PlayStation, or PC guy. Man, PS Five baby all the way. <laughs> Man, I just feel, I feel kind of bad for Coach Curly at this point. I think he's the only guy to have an Xbox. Man, no, I think Coach Doyle got one. Coach Doyle, oh, plays, Coach Doyle plays the game. Yes, he plays. He plays Halo. He plays Halo. It is hilarious. It's awesome. But yeah, no, I'm. I've been. I've been. I've been Sony. I've been PlayStation since. I felt like all the true gamers went like. Uh, like PS2, Xbox 360, and then PS, I guess the PS4 slash PS5. I felt like that was my journey. I grew up, I grew up on the PS2, straight to Xbox 360, and then PS4, and then now the PS5. Yeah, that, that's similar. I think I was, the first console was GameCube. GameCube mm-hmm. went to PS2, then went to the 360. And I haven't really gotten a system. Well, I have, I have an Xbox One that I got because mm-hmm. it was cheap, and I wanted to play some new, some a newer 2K. But yeah. I really only played like the like the 360, the GameCube, because then I'm a big NCAA guy. I'm still yeah. playing 14. Yeah. <laughs> play, still holding on to that. Still playing 14. You got, you got the you got the custom rosters. Oh, I do. I, I have. I think all of them from the default roster when the game came out until like the 2021. So I have Man. it. I have it. I have it all. I just I'm mad that they shut down Team Builder. I'm really mad about that. Really? Yeah. They they like they they shut down the site, so you can't make it anymore. You can still uh, download it if you can, you know, if you can get on the servers, yeah. but you can't actually make it. Which fortunate because I always made a UCO Team Builder every year and started the Dynasty. And that's kind of, but uh, uh, that's, that's definitely that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. No, I'm still I got the old 360 from like back in. I'm like 2010. It's it's still kicking. It's funny. We actually uh in our living room we have a Wii. And oh we, boy. We, we play we play the hell out of the Wii, man. <laughs> I kid you listen, I kid you not, when I got when I put the Wii in there, they're all like, man, like it's cool, but like I, it's just gonna sit there or whatever. And not not even three days later, JD it was a weekend, and I wake up. It's like seven in the morning. I go to like uh, get something to drink or something, and he's in there playing the Wii. And I'm like, I'm like, dog, did you wake up this early? He's like, I haven't been to bed, bro. And I was like, you haven't been to bed? When I left you, when I left you here in the living room, it was eleven thirty at night. And he's like, dude, I broke all your records. And I was like, I was like, dog, are you kidding me? Those are my records from when I was like. 10, 11, and he went out there and he went in every game mode he could and he just beat all the records. So now they now all say the, JD. Now, what's the game of choice here? Oh, on the Wii? On the Wii. 
man, I love some super. I think it's Mario Super Strikers. It's like a soccer game. Man, that was my thing. Uh, you can't beat Wii Sports. Um, Wii Sports Resort, though, that's what we play. We play. We'll we'll run that probably two or three times a week. Getting a little basketball, a little three on three, some uh, three point contests. Man, that that's a good time. That's that's a console and a time period that I took advantage of because that that is some fun stuff. Yeah, the Wii is it's one of those. If you can, if you actually give it a shot, it's actually pretty fun. It was just getting oh, yeah. a shot, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. But that I mainly used it for the GameCube aspect of it mm-hmm. until I actually tried it. I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. Now I will say, I had a racing game, was terrible at. It. I, I, I <laughs> my aunt bought my aunt bought me a little little steering wheel. Yeah, you put the controller in the middle. Put the controller. <laughs> we got those we got those we got t- two steering wheels in there for mario kart oh nice <laughs> yeah we got the whole setup man oh let's see um do you have a a, pre- a pre-game routine that you normally do oh pre-game routine you know it's funny because uh I was interviewed in high school and they asked me the same thing. And I literally just watched the interview like um, a couple days ago. Uh, and it's weird how much it's changed. Um, Cause when I was in high school, you know, my grandmother got, you know, love her to death. She'd bring me a homemade like a club sandwich. And that's all I would eat. Cause I'm, I'm not really big on eating before the game because no matter how prepared I am, I'm always anxious. Um, before the game, like it just, if I eat too much, good chance it's coming up. Um, <laughs> but now it's really just, you know, uh, cause you know, it's such a different, you know, type of preparation. And like for away games, my thing is like, you know, wake up, um, shower, do everything, what I need to do, eat a pretty good breakfast. And then like, you know, on the bus ride to wherever we're going, um, you know, slow music, um, you know, very kind of chill ish. If I can take a nap on the bus, I will. Um, but then as we get into the town, I kind of get into that, that mode of like, okay, it's time to start getting the blood pumping a little bit. So I'll put on some eighties, nineties rock. Um, just kind of feeling that, um, the best is when we pull up and they got the fans outside and, you know, Northwest, Northwest is always fun to play at because we go out there and they've got, people flipping us off and throwing stuff at the bus. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need. You know, we're all riled up, ready to go. And then, uh, where, no matter where we go, uh, or if we're at home, uh, when it's, when it's time to walk, I'll walk the field. Um, I'll play a little bit of kind of like the modern rap kind of stuff. Um, I get down to, uh, the far goalpost and I pray, um, and then I, uh, I pray, walk back and then I do some stretching on my own in there. And then, uh, from there, it's just headphones in whatever I'm feeling. That's what I'm playing. Uh, tape, I tape, uh, both wrists. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just get ready. Keep my headphones in all the way up until pregame, come back in. And I just listen to whatever they're playing on the on the speaker. Most of the time, it's pretty good. 
most of the time I don't know it, but it sounds pretty good. Um, but it's just that and kind of getting my mind right. Um, big on pushing fluids. Uh, I keep a half gallon, big old, I don't have it in here, but it's like this uh, egg jug type thing. And it keeps water cold forever. And so I'll drink probably two of those for the game. Um, and then uh, when we go out there, it's just, you know, turn it on and be able to flip the switch and be able to go. So I don't really have any, like, superstitions or anything. I just – it's really how I'm feeling wherever we're at or whatever we're doing. Uh, and then in terms of gear, are, are you are you heavy into gear? Are you just to give me the shoulder pads, the gloves, and let me get after it? Shoot, man, I don't need the wristbands and the and the calf sleeves and all that. It it don't it wouldn't look good on me anyways. You know what I'm saying? You know, I leave that I leave that to Jace and Steph and all those guys, all the <laughs> all the all the pretty boys. Um, <laughs> but no, I usually uh, I'm I'm just meat and potatoes. I just uh, tape the wrists. Uh, I'll since now I'm playing center. I wear uh, one glove on my non snap hand. Um, May tape my fingers depending on, you know, if if they're cut up or not. Um, and then other than that, I just wear my knee braces. Uh, I like to wear some higher socks, and uh, that's really it. I just I just go out there and play. That's what I do. And um, was it now? Obviously, everybody knows there's a really good defensive line in Edmond, uh, going up against them in practice every day. Now, I, I got it from Jason Payton. It's brutal. Now, you're actually going up against them, like, in close quarters. So, what is that like? Man, it... I, I say it almost every day because now that I'm older, like, I've played against some dudes. Like, I've played against some really talented players and, like, even better dudes. Um... You know, I tell them, it's like, you're going to get beat out here a lot. You know, like you're not going to be dominating, you know, every play, everything like that. You know, when we do when we do team segments and stuff like it's a game. And I feel wholeheartedly um, that every week we're playing the best defensive line in the conference every week, every day. And uh, it really it's really just refreshing because it's like, OK, I know how hard I work in practice and I know how hard I, you know, want to win reps in practice and do things like that. Like I know for a fact that I'm not going to find across the board four guys like the guys we have, or, you know, just then that goes for even like the linebackers, anything like that. Like that's the best group I'm going to see. And it's day in and day out that I see. So I'm really thankful for it. It can get frustrating. Cause like I said, you lose a lot more than you win, but at the end of the day, it's just, they get up, they make us better, we make them better, and we have a really healthy relationship of like, okay, you know, we take care of each other, but we, when it's time to go, we go. And uh, it's funny because we even talk about moves and stuff. Like, you know, one of the guys like Hunter Largen or Vaca, um, some of those guys, they'll hit a move on me, and I'll be like, dude, where did you, like, where did that even come from? <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, Coach Sanders uh, said that this would work against you. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm like, come on, Sandy, you can't do me like that. And, but it, it's vice versa, you know, I'll, I'll switch it up on them and they'll be like, dude, I was not expecting that. And I'm like, yeah, man, Coach Doyle told me that. <laughs> but it's, 
it's it's so it's so much fun and like I said it just makes both of us better and you know just better players and we've got a really good mesh with them so uh, I guess my, my final question to you would be um, for for do you have a message for those that that might still be on the fence uh, about coming to give you all a shot this season about what they can expect if they were to come see you all Man, there's a lot to expect. Um, you know, like I said earlier, Coach Durrell's done a great job. Um, we're establishing a culture here. Um, we're going to become much more involved in the community. Um, we're going to see our faces a lot more. We're going to become much more involved with uh, on-campus stuff, um, just like students and then also other sports teams. Um, and, I mean, for those of the, you who don't know, uh, we just got a whole new stadium renovation pretty much uh, that should be done uh, pretty soon. It's looking really good. But we got brand new turf. We got a, a extended visitor side. We now have a waterfall, a bunch of cool uh, trees, stuff like that, like pretty looking stuff. Um, but, you know, anybody that's thinking about coming to watch, you're going to find a team that's that cares for each other and uh, plays for the guys next to them. And so if anybody's thinking about coming, I highly encourage you. Um, there will be a lot of opportunities to get yourself uh, free tickets, things like that, um, and just getting more people out to, you know, uh, support us here in Edmond because um, I've been a part of some really good crowds here. And I can tell you right now, like, those, the crowd does make a difference. And... Uh, so yeah, just you know, we got a whole new style look. We got we got some new stuff on the way. People ain't seen. Uh, we got some new swag coming. So uh, just just come on and you know, once you once you make that first commitment, you know, you're not gonna want to miss out on any other opportunities like that. Well, Lena, I, I thank you for taking time to come on. Uh, I've had I've enjoyed myself. It's been a very very good conversation. I, I, I'm wishing you the, the rest of the offensive line, uh, the best of luck this season. I, I know you know there's a lot, lot to prove to to to, to, to doubters out there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you have a good, successful rest of summer training, good fall camp, and uh, any anytime you want to come back on, you know you you're more than welcome to. I appreciate it, man. I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. It doesn't feel like it's been over an hour. I know. I'm like, oh wait, wait, wait yeah. Oh, for a while, I was like, yeah. I was like, man, yeah. that was fine. But, yeah. Uh, no, I had I had a blast. It's a lot of fun and uh, had a lot of uh, a lot of good uh, conversations. So, well, great, Lana. I got. Like I said I, I I appreciate it and uh, looking looking forward to to uh, seeing what we do this season. Heck yeah, man. Again, I want to thank Lane for coming on. I said it's 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 a it's a, it's a small world. It's a small world. I say that because his mom was my first grade teacher, so it's it's pretty pretty cool how things work out. But I, I, that was that was a very good interview. It was very telling. Uh, to me, what was telling was he mentioned the the um, complacency that they had along the lines and preparation. So uh, I know with with Coach Doral there now, Coach. Uh, Coach Tweehouse there now, 
I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what that, you know, what we're looking like, especially because he mentioned that Smash Mouth was probably the strength. I, moving to a pro style type office now, I figured that would be uh, even even more, especially when you got guys like Jason Payton back there. So really looking forward to seeing what that's looking like. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what this team's looking like because again, everybody I've talked to so far, they even coaches say that the guys that <coughs> excuse me that the guys are are hungry and and they're out to prove that last year uh, was the aberration and not the uh, not the norm. So uh, we we might be back with some more this week. I don't know. I'm recording this Thursday. This is going out Tuesday because you know I don't I don't post on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, I'm not posting this tonight because it is the uh, NBA draft. So I don't know. I reached out to a few more. I've got some possible ones on the defensive side of, side of the ball. Uh, we can finalize some details between now and Wednesday. Then you will have uh, another episode. But uh, if not, just going to look at them sure at some point uh, in the coming future. We will have some more. So until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.